Hello everybody, welcome into another episode of the NBA Front Office Show. I am Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com. Find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joining me as always is Keith Smith. Find him at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, we picked some, some fantastic timing here. This show got pushed back a few times and now <laughs> I know why. It's so we could do this right after the crazy news. Blake Griffin has been bought out. I, I'm still in shock. I can't believe that a contract that size is being bought out, but it gives us something really excited to, to talk about. So I guess that's uh, that's a plus for us. Yeah, well, we'll take it, right? Content is content, that's especially right. as we head into the uh, All-Star break. I'm just pulling up. Woj just posted the article, so I'm hoping there's more detail in there on uh, how, how much Griffin gave up. But uh, it, it was going to have to be a significant amount. Yeah. He was owed, and let's see, like he was... Uh, between this year and next year, it was like $75 million, right? Yeah, it was just over $75 million. There's no detail in there yet um, on what the buyout itself was. So, yeah, so just exact numbers. Um, just, you know, we look to be, uh, be <laughs> right. proper here. So $36.8 million this year, $38.9 million next year. Next year was a player option. Right. But in this type of situation, the player exercises that player option. In a normal situation, um, I, I'm really wondering if Griffin just really wanted his freedom and to go to one of the contenders uh, that badly. Yeah. Um, and that's why he pushed for, um, for, for this kind of trade uh, because that is, you know, maybe he just said, yeah, forgo all of next year and I'll take a haircut off this year and off we go for, for Detroit. The thing I'm interested in is how did they structure it? Did they, are they eating it all straight? Are they doing a stretch? You know, how's that going to work? Cause that is really uh, interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, look, I, if, if I'm the Pistons and I'm in the spot they're in right now, or cl clearly they're rebuilding. If there's any way to eat that salary, I'm just doing that. I wouldn't want to stretch that out and yeah. then have that on your books. Nope five years from now because that's what they'd be <laughs> josh smith anybody yeah exactly they already know i mean look we saw we've yeah. seen it right i mean luol dang is stuck on the lakers books you've got josh smith was doing that uh darren williams right all of these guys that have been waived and stretched wind up sitting on teams books fans complain and complain and complain man we want to make this move oh but there's this dead salary sitting there that's not a fun experience so if there's any way for them just to eat the salary this year and next year, just do it, get it over with, rip the Band-Aid off. That's yeah. the way I think they should go. Um, by the way, Keith, just to, to, totally off topic here, not only do we get breaking news, but you and I am just realizing we're color-coordinated today. Like that that, I know. that tells well, us it's going to be a good show. <laughs> Yeah, that's it, man. I, I noticed that uh, just uh, just before you said it, too. So we must have noticed it at around the same time. So, yeah, j just like we planned it. So, yeah, exactly. We, we got the memo. Um, Blake Griffin landing spots. <laughs> Where's your favorite place for Blake Griffin to wind up now that he is officially going to be on the market? I'm sure we're going to start hearing some names of different teams that are going to be interested. His stats don't look great this season, but he's still a big name. I'm sure there's somebody out there that thinks he can do a, a, a Nicholas Batum, right? Where he looked bad with a bad team, yeah. goes to a good team and can be revitalized. So what are your favorite landing spots for Blake Griffin? 
Yeah, the ones that are immediately everyone's going to speculate on are Brooklyn and the two L.A. teams, uh, right? That, that's just where everybody's going to immediately go to. And I maybe. I don't know that he necessarily helps the Nets all that much. I don't know that he fills any you know, real holes that they have. Uh, he's not much of a defender. He's uh, you know more of a perimeter-based big now yes. than anything. Uh, defensively, he's very much a positional defender, um, which you know is a nice way of saying he occasionally takes in charge. <laughs> uh, he's still an okay rebounder. He's a very good passer um, for a, you know a big man on the perimeter, and because of his size, that gives him the ability to see a lot of good passes. But, you know, so if you start with the Nats, that one doesn't really make sense to me. I don't think he fills any holes that they have. The Lakers, eh, maybe-ish, I guess, kind of. It feels like they could use another big, but I feel like it's more of a more traditional big um, that that they could kind of use than than this. But, you know, maybe you could get something out of him playing outside and playing inside out with Harrell on second units. I mean, you know, I I don't know. I just – I feel like they've already kind of get their issues. I know you're more familiar with a a slow, older big, um, you know, in in playing, (laughs) you know, heavy rotation minutes. Yeah. the Clippers, that's hard to see after you know the, the way, way they that traded him. Yeah. It would, it'd be a nice bookend, right? It would be kind of cool to see him go back there and, and you know finish it out there. But again, they've got Marcus Morris kind of playing the role that Griffin would play. So I'll go outside of the box and give you a couple. Oh, okay. Milwaukee, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could use another big because yeah. right now it's Bobby Portis is playing the you know uh, most of the big minutes off off the bench and he could slide over and play more five than than he does four. uh phoenix potentially i feel like phoenix could you use another big man uh, I, I think he would uh you know maybe make some yeah. sense there and then the last one what about philadelphia uh, i think that that could be kind of mm-hmm. interesting too to give them because he would kind of take mike scott's role right. and I, i'm not all that high on mike scott so i th- think he could could help out there so those are kind of my outside the box teams maybe portland but portland's got mellow kind of playing yeah, the, play the you know backup four role you know yeah and, and when Nurkic gets back then that bumps canter back to the bench so griffin's not really a five uh denver's got enough bigs but it's gonna be a it's gonna have to be one of the you know kind of prime playoff contenders i think the phoenix is interesting i mean a reunion with chris paul i think that would be an interesting yeah. fit for for Blake Griffin, you talk about bookending it by going to the Clippers. Kind of, you could bookend things by by rejoining forces with with Chris Paul as well. You yep. can have that narrative there. So I think that's an interesting one. And Philly was one that I hadn't thought of. And uh, and I think you're right. It's actually not not a terrible fit for him. But again, I guess the question really is where where the minutes going to be at? Who's going to ask him to yep. do what? What's his role going to be on any of these teams? Uh, when you we we should mention the Lakers on here, obviously, you, and you brought them up, but uh, you're right that the fit is the challenge. The name, sure, yeah. right, absolutely. Uh, but the Lakers, their biggest thing is points in the paint. <laughs> They've been giving up a ton of them, and they need a more traditional rim protecting big man, somebody with some size who can block some shots. That's why they were looking at Damian Jones. That's why we're hearing the rumors about Hassan Whiteside and even uh, our old friend mm-hmm. Javale McGee. People are asking me all the time, can Javale come back? Um, Probably not, but uh, Blake, uh, yeah, I mean, it gets really hard. He'd have to go somewhere else first, and then get waived, and, and then he could come back, right? And but, so yeah. that's that's, that's unlikely. But uh, yeah. but Blake Griffin uh, with the Lakers. So let, let me interrupt real quick. Yeah. Um, so oh. we're and this is rare for us, right? We we don't generally More do a lot of this news. live. 
Um, the Lakers, Clippers, Nets, Heat, and Warriors are among teams that have expressed interest in Blake Griffin. Oh, so Miami, maybe, I guess the Warriors, I guess the Warriors kind of makes a little bit of sense. Um, you know, it kind of be mm-hmm. play the Draymond Green role in you know, a lot of ways, minus the defense um, impact there. So maybe that, you know, they could make a little bit of sense too. And it seems like they're going to hang around, you know, I don't know if that they will be a playoff team, but they're, they're definitely probably going to be a play in team. So, you know, that one, the Heat. I, I don't know. I, I think Miami's better serve going another direction. But, you know, I mean, they're, they're playing a lot of minutes with KZ Akpala and guys like that. So so why not? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I could see any of those landing spots. I, I'm i having a hard time picking which one I think is really the best, though. Like, which one, which team right now can use Blake Griffin's current skin? 2021 Blake Griffin is very different than, say, 2017 Blake Griffin, who's going to be able to really put his skill set to use to the highest degree? I'm having a hard time seeing it. Yep. You know, I mean, he's just like yeah. he's, like we talked about. He hasn't dunked a basketball since 2019. Not that that's yeah, everything that's in the NBA, but I think I think the name is going to be bigger than the impact at the end of the day. I hope I'm wrong. I hope wherever he goes, his <laughs> career is is revitalized. But I feel like it's going to you're, be one of those right big splashy my... signings. You're, you're like circling right around my favorite saying when we start talking about these veteran guys yeah. be, be by a trade or buyout. They're more name than game. There it and is. That's, that's a better know, way to put it. Yep. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is right at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, you know, he, he's a perimeter based big man who doesn't get inside at all anymore and can't really you know do anything around the basket. Now, there are some who who I trust that believe, you know, can he not, or is he just not doing it for this Pistons That's team? It. My thing is, it's two years of this now. This right. is not just this season, you know. So that that uh that part, I really wonder about. So if you are a team that's gonna say whoever it is that wins the Blake Griffin sweepstakes, you are taking the gamble that that's what's going on. That he's not really performing up to the highest level because he's on a bad team, and you're hoping that being on your team, a contending team, will bump him up. And that and that's something that you're kind of taking the the risk on for the moment, and we'll see how it plays out. Yep, exactly. All right. Well, that's uh, a pretty good. We'll keep an eye, guys. By the way, on Twitter as we kind of go through this here, and we'll see if there's anything else that comes out, any other breaking news. But Keith, we also wanted to get into today. Wanted to talk a little bit about some players who we think are going to be traded by the trade deadline. And we had that big article from Shams Tarania as well to break down. So where would you like to start? Mm-hmm. Do you want to start digging into some players that we think are going to be moved by the deadline or should we start sure. breaking down the Shams thing? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can dig into the guys we think will get moved. Okay. So I, I think the obvious one to start with, the name that we're hearing a ton P.J. Tucker with the Houston Rockets, which makes all kinds Mm -hmm. of sense for him to be traded. Veteran player, high demand in terms of being a 3 and D wing player. A lot of contending teams will be interested because everybody wants that guy that you can have defend LeBron James, maybe even Anthony Davis. We've seen him do that for the Houston Rockets. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jimmy Butler. If you're a team that thinks you're going to run into any of those teams, P.J. Tucker is an interesting player to go after. So he's got high demand. He's also on an expiring deal. He's older. He's going to be 36 in May. I, I think everything is lined up for this guy to be moved. The only question is to where and for how much. So I'm 
pretty confident that we see PG Tucker change teams before uh, March 25th here. Yep, I'm in agreement with you. I think uh, very easily moved uh, salary as well at 7.9 million. Um, you know that that's you know basically everybody can match that with relative ease. That it's not you know we're not talking a you know 28 to 30 million dollar salary here. He fills a lot of holes for a lot of teams, whether it be coming off the bench or as a starter. He can play small ball, you know, four, play super small ball five if you need him to. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, I think he's a guy who can help a lot of teams um, with his skill set. And then I think what's also important with P.J. Tucker is you're not going to have to give up all all that much to get him. It's a a young player who's kind of a flyer, like somebody like they kind of took on Kevin Porter Jr., you know, where it was like, yeah, well, we'll, you know, take a shot here and see what it looks like. You can do that. I think there is also the um, opportunity to, you know, basically throw them, you know, very uh, minimal picks, um, you know, to to get, you know, him. He could be somebody who goes for, uh, you know, a couple seconds. It maybe you know, Houston would hope that they get enough of a uh, bidding war, that they could push that into being, you know, maybe like a top 20 protected first or something like that mm-hmm. um, in those range. So, yeah, I, P.J. Tucker would be very high on my list that I think he would be, um, you know, traded by the by the deadline. Who else do you have? Who else do you think gets gets moved by the trade deadline? Yeah, so let's stick with the Rockets, Victor Oladipo. Okay. I, I think you him turning him. down that extension, uh, that happened since the last time we recorded. He turned down an extension, which I think is – probably pretty fair to what he's going to get as a free agent this offseason. That's what so, I thought, too. I was scratching my head a little bit. Yeah. I, I was thinking, how much is he really expecting to get in free agency yeah. if he's turning that down? So I don't mm-hmm. know about I If you're the Rockets, there's got to be some red flags there, right? If he's turning that down, sure. you got to be thinking, yep. well, maybe he's not planning on sticking around then. That's it. I and mean, I think that's what it is. I don't think it's... I think I can get more. I think this was a, I don't want to be here. I, I've got somewhere else. Everyone has speculated Miami and other teams for you know years um, for Oladipo. So, you know, maybe that's the direction he goes. So, yeah, so I think he's highly likely because otherwise, if you're the Rockets, he walks for nothing. Um, and that then 21 million, it's a big salary, but it's not so large that you can't move it. You know, it, it's, I, you know, my kind of rule is once you get up over about 25, 26 million, that's where it gets really tricky. Right. Cause then it's either one big contract coming back or, you know, a handful of smaller ones, 21, that's, you know, a mid range contract. And then, you know, one other smaller one and you're there. So I think the Rockets will do what they can to get an asset out of him. Who? I don't right. know. You know, does if Miami really wants him, do they just go get him now, and then they they don't have to go the cap space route in the off season that allows them to keep some of their other guys that maybe they would have had to renounce to sign him as a free agent. Uh, the Knicks have been bandied about a lot, so you know may, maybe you know maybe there's a sleeper team that kind of jumps in there and says you know we think Oladipo can push us over the top towards the title. So yeah, it wouldn't uh, wouldn't shock me you know if he landed on on a, a good team. My thing is I'm not. Not giving up all that much for That's him I, he hasn't shown to me that he's back to what he was so you know yeah if you think as a you know combo guard off your bench he can play uh the kind of role jordan clarkson's playing mm-hmm. for the jazz sure but if not just move move on better better to you know just save those assets and and uh keep them and do a bigger deal elsewhere agreed 100 percent. yeah i think that um that he's the kind of guy that the teams really need to be cautious with 
but it's going to be interesting interesting to see how his free agency plays out now that he's turned down this extension because I don't know how much he's going to get out there on the market, although he is still a very talented player. Uh, let me hit you with another name. Actually, I'll hit you with two here because they both play for the same team. J.J. Redick and Lonzo Ball. <laughs> how are we feeling? Oh, you went two with it. I have two on the same team, but they're two different oh, ones. So okay, okay. Well, then you hit me with the, <laughs> with the two other ones after this. But So let's do J.J. and yep. Lonzo. What are your thoughts on them? Both have been heavily rumored to potentially be on the move. Lonzo has, well, somewhat quietly been having a, actually a pretty good season. Uh, JJ Redick yeah. uh, has had some struggles, had some, some problems getting minutes and things like that. Had some ups and downs, though, and he's still a veteran player, and, and shooting is always in high demand in the NBA. So what are our thoughts with these two guys? We know Lonzo's heading into the, the contract year situation and, and all of that. Where do you think they wind up? Yeah, both free agents after the season. Uh, Redick unrestricted. Uh, Lonzo can be a restricted free agent. So if you're trading for, let's you, I'll do Lonzo first. If you're trading for Lonzo, you're trading, I think, for him for the idea of having him long term, mm-hmm. right? So you have to have a sense of this is what our number is. This is where we'll go to on a contract for him. This is what the role is. And I think there's a lot of teams where he can help, especially if this version that can shoot is real. Um, you know, f- fingers crossed because I want it to oh, me be. Me too. It, it's, it's been yeah. out there. People think I hate this guy's game. <laughs> I don't like it when he can't shoot. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, I have nothing against Lonzo Ball. I just, you know, I just think it's, you know, when he can't shoot, he becomes a very hard to play player. Um, But he's a pretty good defender. He's got good size. He's not the fast break dynamo I think people thought he was going to be. Remember when we watched him at Summer League and we're like, holy crap, this guy is, you know, going to rack, you know, win assist titles and everything else. Well, he's never really played that way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, yeah. Of course you remember. Um, you know, and it was funny because I was like, holy crap, he's passed the Vita Zubach open, you know, 50 times in the course of the summer league and, you know, it makes him look great. So, yeah, it's um, I, I just think, you know, with, with Lonzo, you have to have kind of the right team to fit him in and you have to be willing to sign him long term. J.J. Redick, that's a different story. You know what you're acquiring Redick for. He's your designated shooter off your bench. Can't defend anybody. Um, he, Danny Ainge, when he talked about what the Celtics need when the Redick to Boston rumors first popped up, he, without saying, I don't want to trade for J.J. Redick, he said, I want shooting with size, and you can't trade for shooters that can't defend. So he basically said, I don't want yeah, J.J. That's, Redick that's not JJ. saying his name. <laughs> Yeah, but I think, you know, again, on a team like Brooklyn or either of the L.A. teams, you have enough other guys who can cover for him that you could fit him in. Challenge is those teams would much rather get him on the buyout market than they would via trade because you can't really afford him uh, via trade, you know, very easily. But, you know, for a lot of other teams, you know, pretty easily move number team, I think could make some sense for him is the Knicks. You know, they, he only makes about $13 million. Um, they, They've still got $15 million in cap space, so they could just straight absorb him that way and not have to really even send anything back uh, to the Pelicans for him. I don't think New Orleans' ass can be very big, and I think he could help the Knicks as just another guy who could space the floor. Plus, he lives in New York, so I think you know, he, by my guesses, would be happy to, to kind of go home for the rest of this season. And this may be his last year. He's, he's starting to get way up there in age. Yeah. And he, he's made comments about that too, in the past on, on his podcast mentioned that, you know, one of the reasons why he didn't want to see the season get cut short or anything like that was he's like, how many more seasons do I have left? We, we want to get this going and, yeah. and make sure we're getting back out on the court. So I think he understands that too, that he's getting towards the end of his career and uh, it would be nice to see him back in the playoffs at some point. I do think the Knicks would be a really good landing spot for him, but um, it, you know, it's crazy. But the Knicks, 
it's like the last what six months or so they've made some really nice moves some some non-nicks mm-hmm. style moves that are really starting to pay off yep. and now they're in a position like you said where you could just absorb a player who's not going to hurt you long term could help you with a yep. with a real playoff push and have to give up minimal assets and that's because they've made some smart decisions and uh and you gotta like it you gotta like it that uh, feels like the knicks are starting to i mean dare i say turn the corner here yeah, absolutely. I think their front office, you know, has done really well. They did well in the Derrick Rose trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they really give up anything of consequence to get Derrick Rose, who who has clearly helped them. Um, yeah, they, they they're a team that I think they clearly would love to make the playoffs. Yo, know, and they're yeah. they're in the mix right now. They're fifth at nineteen and eighteen at the All Star break. So, you know, there's no reason why they shouldn't at least be you know in the play-in race the whole rest of the way even if they fall off a little bit and you know teams like Miami and Toronto start playing better as I think we've all thought maybe Indiana lifts their game up as well but I think the Knicks should be right in that mix the whole way and that's great because they haven't played meaningful basketball games past early January in you know the better part of a decade you want my two guys yes yeah hit me with them yeah teammates um neither one you know super exciting but I, I think um uh, I'm gonna say we'll either be moved via trade or via buyout um you know guaranteed they will not finish the season on the Oklahoma City Thunder and it's Trevor Reza and George Good Hill ones. so yep. Trevor Trevor Reza real simple right he's he's this year's Andre Godala mm-hmm. um you know he's on the Thunder but he's never reported to them not out of any kind of animosity they both agree they know exactly what's going on with that situation it was a you know strictly his salary was you know used to make other trades work and get the Thunder you know more assets and everything else that they did this offseason so there's there's no bad feelings there it's just you know you're not part of this team's present or future so you know you might as well stay home so he'll either get traded or bought out I think probably more likely to be bought out because he makes 12.8 million so unless he gets rolled into a much bigger trade um as part of that then, then I think it's probably a buyout for him and he's another guy he'll have you know, a bunch of the contenders after him because, you know, last we saw him uh, pre-bubble now. So we're going back a ways for him. But, yeah, pre-bubble or pre-shutdown, I guess, is the best way to put it. He looked pretty good, you know, playing for uh, Portland. Um, you know, he gave you know, three, four at this point in his career. He can't really defend uh, the guards as much as he used to be able to, um, but can still shoot it, can can really do some stuff. And, you know, that's, again, a guy, you know, we're going to say the same teams every time, but Lakers, Clippers, Nets, you know, Bucks, Sixers, um, you know, all those top teams could really be helped by him. And then George Hill, you know, I think George Hill's destiny now feels like to be traded uh, to, you know, good teams because everybody needs a combo guard that can do stuff off the bench. He only makes nine point, you know, five, nine million. So nine point six million uh, this season. Very easily moved number His uh contract for next year. Very lightly guaranteed at just over a million dollars. So I think Hill is a guy who, you know, certainly could be moved very easily. And there's any number of uh, playoff teams that he could have basically every playoff team he could help as a bench guard. I'll tell you as as someone who covers the Lakers my fear for George Hill is he winds up with the Clippers I feel like it's just it's a perfect fit for him it fits in with what yeah. they need they need another guard it would make a lot of sense for them to make a move to go and get him and I think that would make them significantly better so I hope it doesn't happen from a Lakers perspective but but I could very easily see a move like that being made Trevor Reza you're right there's going to be a ton of suitors the risk we haven't seen him play basketball in about a year now so uh, that's that's certainly a risk right there but I mean this is this is very very 
flimsy evidence here, but based on the photos we've seen, not even video, but the photos we've seen of him working <laughs> out, he does look like he is still in tremendous shape. It doesn't look like he's been sitting on the couch Always for the last year been. eating potato yeah. chips or anything like that. Yeah, George Hill to the Clippers, that that feels good. Um, challenge for the Clippers, right? Just like the Lakers, they've got the hard yes. cap to work under. Um, Lakers cleared a little bit of space when they waived Quinn Cook, which was a smart move versus trading Cook and clearing a little bit more space. Um, I don't know how much this has been talked about. Maybe you guys have talked about this. But if you trade him, you can't bring him back. Then you're in the JaVale McGee situation where – by waving him, you could always resign right. him later if you you wanted to throw him. You'll rest the season deal with you know, a month to play or something along those lines. Um, and I know Quinn Cook's an important guy to the locker room uh, in L.A. and they they love having him around. He loves being a Laker, so um, so that's why they didn't trade him away to a team that could just eat his contract because he was on a minimum deal. Almost anybody could have done that. Right. Would have opened up more room under the hard cap, but this way it gives you more flexibility in the future. But yeah, Hill, I'm, I'm just I'm kind of looking at what the Clippers would have to do, you know, 9.6 million to, to get him. The Clippers, this is where them, you remember we talked about this in the off season, uh, signing Patrick Patterson to the, using the, the uh, 120% non-bird right. rights versus just another minimum deal bumped him up to $3 million. So you could put him, um, Afondu, Kabangele together, and then you know a guy like you know, a, um, Terrence Mann or something, mm-hmm. or you know, Reggie Jackson, who we would presumably be replaced, and you're basically there salary-wise on the salary match. So, yeah, Hill to the Clippers, that, that's you know, that that's probably almost too logical that, that it, <laughs> it makes too much sense for happen. it to happen that's right because that's <laughs> yeah, the way exactly. that's the way it, it usually goes in the nba if something makes too yep. much sense it's not going to happen um i i do want to give you a little update here so uh yossi goslin from uh hoopsite put out a little tweet with some information as far as what the top teams contending for blake griffin potentially could offer him uh, in terms of money, mm-hmm. and I want to get your take on it. So the Lakers could offer a veteran minimum deal worth about $810,000 from here on. Clippers could offer yep. the biannual exception, apparently at $3.4 million. Is that yeah, accurate? Yeah, Clippers can't. Because of the hard cap. No, because they have – because of the hard yes. cap, yeah. So that's not accurate. Though. They'd have to – They let's say they can't easily, right? They'd have to do something else to be able to get to okay. there. To do and that. then the Nets are at five point seven million with a disabled player exception. The Heat at four point seven million with a disabled yep. player exception, and the Warriors at nine point three million. But my question is, do you see any of those teams actually offering that much to go get Blake Griffin? Or at this point in the season, do you just say, well, yeah. it's money we can spend. Who else are we going to spend it on? Here you go, Blake. Where, like, how does that play out? This is where I have to separate my dumb. You can let her in. That's fine. Otherwise, she's going to go crazy. Sorry, our puppy is going nuts outside the door, and I'd rather just have her in here going nuts than banging on the door and making a bunch of noise. Of course she's going nuts. Um, Blake Griffin could be going somewhere. It's an exciting time. Yeah, that's it. She's all psyched about Blake Griffin. That's exactly what it is. So, uh, yeah, what I, what I was going to say is I have to separate my own feelings on this versus what teams may do. I would not give him more than the rest of the season minimum deal. I just don't think he's worth it. I, you know, I think that's what the level of player he's at now. That said, if you're the Nets and you really want him, yeah, you beat the Lakers or Clippers offer just by saying, hey, we'll give you a you know, chunk of the Dinwiddie uh, disabled player exception or what we have left of our mid-level uh, taxpayer exception, but we'll give you that. Or the Warriors, if they really, really want him, the Warriors could uh, – 
could push him, um, you know, could push up there because they have that whole Thompson disabled player exception. No hard cap for the Warriors, just an astronomical tax bill. So, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, that, that's it wouldn't surprise me if somebody has to dip into that to get mm-hmm. him. Um, I would not go that route, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's the way some team goes. Yeah. I have a feeling some team, it, it's like it's like fab dollars in fantasy football, right? Like if you don't spend it on somebody and you're not confident that somebody else is going to be coming out of the buyout market, that's going to work out for you. If Blake Griffin is there and you've got other teams that want him and you have to spend just a little bit more of that, say disabled player exception that, um, then you ideally wanted, you're probably just going to go ahead and do it. Cause otherwise if, if it expires and you never used it, what good is it? Yeah. My, so I'm going to make a prediction on him. I think he may go to the Lakers if all things are equal. Okay. Um, just more with a sense of there probably is some playing time. I would quite frankly would much rather give it to any combination of Harold Morris and Kuzma than than involve Blake in there at all. Um, but if they go that route, um, then he can kind of stick it to the Clippers a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Right is you know I'm, I'm back home, but I'm not back here with you. So you know, but but let let we'll, we'll see. Uh, Woj also added Portland saw to the list of teams. So you know, yeah, I mean, I guess Portland just you know more depth for them up front. I do. Who knows what if Zach Collins is ever going to play for them again at this point? So yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of makes some. I don't know. <laughs> I I just rather hello. Keith, you're so excited yeah, about Blake is, Griffin's landing spot. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. Well, and I've got like Celtics fans like, why are the Celtics not going going at him? Yeah. And it's like I can't like you know like no, they, he doesn't fit any. You already hate Grant Williams and Semi Ojale, and he's not probably as good as either one of those guys at this point. Now watch, he's gonna come out and have that mellow bounce back, right, oh, and play play great. So well, yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll see. We'll see where he winds up, yeah. but it's going to be interesting to watch anyway, because that that's certainly the ability yeah. to spend different amounts of money certainly adds some more drama to it. And we'll see who really mm-hmm. wants Blake yeah. Griffin. We'll see where, where it goes. And, and that's instructional beyond Blake Griffin, yeah. right? So Andre Drummond yes. becomes available via buyout if that happens, which I think that's probably the direction that's going to head. I, I would put him on the list of guys who will be on a different team one way or another. That was the next one I was um, going to throw at you. you. So so let me, yeah, let me hit you with this yeah. piece of it, right? Because I've got – I've had so many different people telling me if I say that Andre Drummond is going to get bought out saying, no, he's not the Cavs. They said, they said that they're going to trade him. They will not buy him out. Of course they said that if they said, yeah, we might consider a buyout. What team is going to offer them anything for him? (laughs) They want to get something in return. But what your sense though, is that he will get bought out. I still look at that as, I mean, look, Blake Griffin, I'm shocked that Detroit's going to eat however much money that that's a lot to just sit on the books dead cap, depending on how much uh, Blake gives back. Andre Drummond, same thing. That's a lot of money to buy out. What, $28 million and change? But it's just this year. But it's just this year. So that is a a big difference there. that's the difference. Um, Yeah. But he was also, I believe, second in the NBA in rebounds per game. There's just really zero trade market for him. You don't see anybody giving up anything of any significance. I mean, we're talking a second rounder. The Cavs won't even be able to extract that. Uh, or and so because of that, you think he's just going to get bought out? Yeah, I there may be no player I'm down on more as just an empty stats player than Andre Drummond okay. in the entire league. I think he's a terrible de- defensive player. 
Um, people always want to say, well, you need somebody to throw against Joel Embiid. Well, Joel Embiid's the first guy who'll tell you he, you know, lives rent free in, in the dude's head, you know, and just dominates him every time he goes against him. Um, the rebounds are nice, but his teams are never good rebounding teams. Never. So he gets a ball, but his teams don't do anything. And it's not because he's been surrounded by terrible rebounders. It's a lot of it is, you know, he'll chase them if they're within, you know, a step away. But after that, he's not going and getting them. Um, offensive game, he's super limited. He can pass a little bit, but he can't do anything beyond about, you know, 10 feet from the basket. Um, he doesn't roll hard to the rim. So that said, I'm not, you know, he's, I'm not in the point where he's completely useless. Mm-hmm. I think what it is, is to match that salary number, you either need to do one or two things. You need to get Cleveland to take back a bad contract. I think the Cavs are out of that business. Yeah. I think they've already got their bad contract and Kevin Love. They're now in the realm of, hey, we're playing better now. We're probably a year or two out from pushing this thing forward. We can't have bad money on the books. Um, the other thing with with Andre Drummond is, um, or the other way you get him is you send a whole bunch of contracts to match the salary number. And he's just not right. a guy worth you know emptying out your depth for. So I think that means they're just not going to be able to find a trade. Um, they're not looking to get great value out of him. They only gave up a second round pick to get him. Um, so I think they'd take that back gladly at this point, but I don't, I don't think they're going to find that. The only place which it came out, I think, in Shams piece that the Bulls talked about Andre mm-hmm. Drummond. Yep. Um, they could do a straight swap of Otto Porter Jr. and that's fine, right? Because right. two expiring contracts, you take our, you know, expiring guy who can't play, we'll take yours, and we'll, you know, maybe both find something here the rest of the way. Maybe that's the direction it goes. But I think for the most part, I, I think, you know, unless uh, the Bulls want to do something or some other team that has a auto porter type of contract or, or two that they can put together to go get Drummond uh, steps up, I think he's going to get bought out. And then, again, tell me if you've heard this before, Lakers, Clippers, Nets, you know, they'll, <laughs> they'll all you know probably, probably be, you know, in the mix to get him. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, and if that does happen, I still have him going to the Brooklyn Nets because they can pay more. And I wonder if Brooklyn is a little bit hesitant on the Blake Griffin front because they know that they might be able to get Drummond down the line. Maybe they do hold off a little bit so they can hang on to some of that disabled player exception. That would be interesting to see. Um, but Keith, let's let's do before we before we call it a show. We need to talk about the Shams piece and some of the yeah. things going on there. And I want to hit you with. I know it's your favorite topic. The one that you love more than any other, Jeremy Grant to the Boston Celtics. When when is that happening? That's got to be going down any time now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, but right after we sign off, I'm sure. No, it's just not a thing. It's you know, it's um, as I think I said on Twitter. Uh, maybe I'm paraphrasing myself here, but Celtics fans can want him all they want. That doesn't mean the Pistons are going to move him. I thought it was very interesting. Sean's reported that he's the number one target for Boston. The same within minutes, James Edwards had a piece come out from the Pistons uh, side of things. He's the beat writer for the Pistons for the Athletic, basically saying, "Yeah, teams want Jeremy Grant, but he's not going anywhere." Jeremy Grant wanted two things this off season. He wanted to have a huge role on a team, and then he wanted to play for a team that's led by a black executive and a black coach. And he got both of those things in Detroit. And then he's talked about how much Detroit is a city means and Mm -hmm. how he wants to help lift the city and all the things he wants to do there and all that stuff. We can't ignore those things as, as 
being meaningful because the Pistons stink and maybe their best way forward would be to trade him. Because you could get a great package. You could get probably sure. a bunch of picks, some interesting young players and all sorts of stuff. But those things have meaning and they're meaningful. And the other piece of that too is if you're the Pistons, you cannot be in a position where this dude passionately said why he came to you. Now you flip him in a trade, you know, less than six months later. And then you're going to go into free agency in the summer and what make the pitch of, Hey, Detroit's where you want to be, be part of this thing with us. Well, it worked out for like a, it doesn't right? work that way. You, I mean, yeah, I mean, did Blake. You know, what I'll say with Blake, what I'll say with Blake though is Blake was already there. That's true. Right. So it was people who say the Clippers did him dirty. I, I can't fully argue against it, but Blake also got a full max deal at the time and got every penny he could get, which is now working for him in, Detroit because he's you know was able to work this bio so that's that's a little different than recruiting a guy because Denver offered by all reports and no one has ever refuted this offered the exact same terms as Detroit did and maybe even a little bit more and Jeremy Grant chose to go to Detroit anyway where he would have been on a contender with the Nuggets right we all know that but he chose Detroit anyway so that's why that's not going to happen Yo, it's and it's not it's Celtic specific because of the news item, but that's for any team and any group of fans that's looking at it and saying, Well, this guy's great. Yeah. He's got a movable contract number, he's on a bad team. Let's go get him. No, not not a thing. Not gonna happen. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. It makes sense for a lot of other teams to want Jeremy Grant. It does not make sense for the Pistons to trade yeah. him. And that's that's the bottom line. And it takes two teams. Yeah. Both teams have to want the trade. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> for Detroit to to trade yep. him but uh, 2k yes exactly um anybody else I guess the Spencer Dinwiddie thing torn ACL uh probably out for the season but still That's has a little interesting still has guys that still has teams after him still has teams that are that are trying to trade for him yeah and two things that I took away there one was the report that he doesn't feel like he's necessarily done for the season mm-hmm. um that he might be able to return I, I find that to be pretty doubtful um especially considering like like the super condensed schedule sure. or in the grind it would be for him to return this year but keep the optimism um, spencer i mean that's that, that's next, great right i mean keep that that yeah, drive and awesome. everything because that could yeah. be a really yeah i mean I hope process. He does. yeah yeah and i hope he does yeah. i mean that'd be awesome right to see him back on the floor this season um but that the nets are open to it right because we all heard the stories how big of a part he was of the recruiting of Kyrie and KD to Brooklyn and all that him and Joe Harris are also that jewel of that rebuild mm-hmm. for Sean Marks, right? He, he, um, you know, that, that was the diamond mining, right? You know, unearth those two guys, all the players, the net cycled through part of that was to find guys like Dinwiddie and Harris who are now massive parts of their success. Um, but the reality is he makes 11.5 million. That's a big number in salary matching that the Nets don't have another number like that because they can't trade DeAndre Jordan, right? I mean, he's KD's buddy. So that's a big part of it. Plus he's the only center that they have on the roster right now. I'm outside of Nick Claxton who's playing really well. Um, I don't know how many people have noticed that, but he's playing really well a second year big man off their bench. But I, I think the challenge is if you move Dinwiddie, that's one of those ones where you really got to make sure everybody in your locker room understands why and is okay with it. And they think you try to do right by him by sending him somewhere that's going to resign him, give him a nice contract and give him a role. Um, interestingly enough, we heard the Pistons were interested, um, which is kind of funny because he you know, famously has destroyed the Pistons in the past. 
because they gave up on him when they uh, when they they waived him. So that that's always been, you know, just kind of an interesting aside there. But that's the only thing that makes that one really interesting mm-hmm. to me is that is a salary number that could get the Nets something really helpful. I mean, hey, revenge game narratives are always fun. And uh, if the Nets are able to find a piece that can help them win this season, I could see them doing it. As important as he is to their team. And he is, yeah. right? He is an important piece. But if they can find something exactly. that can help them right now, championship windows sometimes don't last that long. And if you feel like you have a shot to win it now, you might have to make that move. And I think the Nets can absolutely make an argument that they can win right now. Um, anything else that was... And winning, winning, uh, winning uh, solves hurt feelings real quick too. Very true. Um, if anybody's feeling real bad, um, yeah, I thought the Vucevic stuff yeah. was interesting. Um, Josh Robbins has had some kind of subsequent um, musings, and I think mixed with he, Robbins is the athletic beat writer for the Magic. Um, he knows that team better than anybody knows that team, um, and so I think it's his own thoughts mixed with a little bit of reporting. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take a huge package to get Vooch. Um, the Magic, I think, if Mo Bamba was better, they'd feel good. Feel if Bamba was better, the Magic would feel better about moving Vooch. The challenge is Bamba is not. So I think they see Vooch as being still really important, should age well as they get back Fultz and Isaac next year. Um, I continue to believe the Magic player most likely to be on the move would be Evan Fournier just because he's an expiring contract. And that's another one where if you're not going to re-sign him next next off season, you know, you might as well, you know, look at what you can do in trade. I thought the Spurs stuff was kind of interesting yeah. in that piece too, from Shams. Um, Spurs just never make in season deals though. They, they, they never do that. So I think it's probably more likely they just ride it out. Um, I'm going to throw something at you though. It's a early summer thing Uh-oh. that's been rattling around in my brain. Okay. I think the Spurs should go all in and put a max offer sheet Max salary, three years, fourth year player option, um, and you know, fifteen percent trade bonus, the early upfront payments and actual salary, not cap hit to John Collins. Um, really make Atlanta swallow yeah. hard on matching. I think Collins with Pirtle and all of those um the young guys. Uh, guards and wings mm-hmm. that they've piled up. I think that's you know, really could be something special uh, there in San Antonio. But I mean, we also both know I love John Collins irrationally. Um, you know, so that's you know, one of one of those things. But I do think you know that would be a perfect fit for him, and it kind of almost mirrors a younger version of when they went and got Aldridge from Portland. Yeah, you know, it gives them that you know kind of true four core and rebound and do a lot of things for you. So that's just you know just. Spurs are in my head, so I want to make sure I put that one out there in the world. No, that's a that's a great one, and I could definitely see that happening. But again, is it one of those things that makes too much sense? That's possible, yeah. but it, it does make yeah. a lot of sense though for the Spurs to go and do that. It would be a very Spurs move. Um, well, Keith, I mean, an exciting day, more exciting certainly than I expected. Here we are, you know, we're <laughs> yeah. we're getting settled in for the All Star break. It's like okay, we're gonna relax a little. Nope, Blake Griffin gets bought out. We've got all these different names on the the trade market. The buyout market's gonna be heating up. Never a dull moment in the NBA. But we got through a lot in a pretty short amount of time here. So this has been uh, this has been awesome and. Uh, I can only imagine what's going to happen from here because I'm sure things are just going to continue to pick up as we get closer and closer to that March 25th trade deadline. 
Yeah, we're less than three weeks away now, so it'll really. I think what's going to happen is this trade deadline's a little bit different. Not everybody from the league is going to be together, mm-hmm. but I think what you're going to see is everybody's going to take the next few days off, and then at the beginning part of next week, that's when the off seasons or, or the front offices will really get back together and really start you know looking at stuff because I think this year there's a sense of. There's no practice time. There's no downtime. So you're kind of learning on the flying games. So I don't know how many we'll always have. It'll go down to the end, right? Because uh, I think this is an Andrew Brandt thing who covers the NFL. But he always says deadlines for action, right? Um, but I think what we may see is we may see some trades a little bit earlier because you don't have that adjustment time to build in um, to get people uh, you know, readjusted to a new team. So you may see teams may make those trades kind of more coming right out of the break. But I think we're in for a really fun uh, few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Always a good time in the NBA when you've got all kinds of player movement and transactions. And, of course, that's a, that's always a blast for us right here on the NBA front office oh. show <laughs> as well. Late breaking, Mark Stein says the Nets, strong contender for Blake Griffin, and the Celtics have also expressed interest Uh-oh, because, Keith. of course, they have, and that just has to ruin the rest of my day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, it is what it is. Okay. Well, <laughs> enjoy the all-star break, everybody. Have fun, everybody, and uh, make sure you do subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. If that's where you are watching this, if you are listening to the podcast version of this, make sure you do rate, review, and subscribe. Till next time, everybody, stay safe and see ya.